Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Today broadcasting from one of those great cities we talked about yesterday, San Francisco. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Uh, in the Fog City, this show is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest line from the world of sports. Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. There is a lot to get to. Okay, look, here's usually the way it works. Usually. Uh, usually the way it works is if you had an offensive coach, your next coach is a defensive coach, and vice versa. Most times, whoever the head coach is has a pre-existing relationship or uh, with, the, with the general manager, with the president, or could be highly recommended by somebody close to the new general manager or president. With all of that, let's get to kind of the latest. Okay, Matt Eberflus, uh, is, the, is, he, is he the guy officially in Chicago? Is that done? Is that done, done? Is that, is that official by all of the different... Uh, the Bears haven't out. sent out the tweets that he is their coach, but that is uh, multiple reports are saying that it's a done deal. Right. Okay. So, and then um, uh, the keep. I want you to keep in mind this. Okay. So the Bears have a new GM. Okay, they have a new GM, and when you go and hire a new GM like Ryan Poles, who's a younger dude, came from Kansas City, you're like, okay, who's he going to hire? Now, Matt Eberflus is a guy really, really well-respected in the league. Very well-respected in the league. But what you have to know about how it, how it works is Ryan Poles gets the job. Talk to Dan Quinn. Talk to Jim Caldwell. Two guys who are very well-established. Uh, both have coached in Super Bowls, right? Eberflus is 51 years old. He was the defensive coordinator the last four seasons. So they went from offense in Matt Nagy to defense. Now, what's interesting here is Ryan Poles, of course, comes from Kansas City. And you're like, well, that's a weird deal, right? What you need to know is the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. The general manager of the Indianapolis Colts uh, is Chris Ballard. Where was Chris Ballard? Before he was in Indianapolis, wait for it, Kansas City. So what you do, you get your first job and you call people you know and you trust and you say, what should I be looking for here? But I I do think it's fascinating that um, some of the guys that are pushed for jobs, the reality is you have to get a guy that fits with your job. Now that doesn't mean that Eberflus. I've also heard from I've heard from Cowherd. You well with Chicago. You got to hire an offensive coach to work with your quarterback. Why? Your head coach doesn't need to be solely dependent upon being working with your quarterback. You do need to have a plan for the quarterback position and how you're going to help that guy. But but they had Matt Nagy, who is an offensive guy, was on the offensive staff with the Kansas City Chiefs when they sat out Pat Mahomes for a year. Like you had that. 
Do they need help with Justin Fields? Yes. Does it have to be the head coach? Absolutely not. The head coach has to be able to lead men, execute what he knows how to execute, and hire people around him that can do what he doesn't need to do. Has to be very, very organized and has to have a clear vision for that specific team, their specific needs, and how he's going to go about getting them to the playoffs. So I think that one's interesting. Now you also have the Byron Leftwich situation. Byron Leftwich wants Adrian Wilson to be his GM. Trent Baalke is the GM. He's trying to hire a coach. And obviously, if Leftwich gets the job, it means Baalke's out. There's some reports that say Adrian Wilson will be the GM, which would be a clean sweep. And as much as you might think that's unfair to Baalke because how could he have known Urban Meyer would implode? Urban Meyer did, in fact, implode, and that's his, his hire. That's on his watch. This show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, biggest games are bigger than ever in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Dan Quinn says he's staying in Dallas. Do I think that means that he uh, that that He's getting a raise, probably, but it also probably means he wasn't getting one of the jobs that he won. So only 32 head coaching jobs. If you can get one, you almost always take one. You almost always take one. And then you have Nathaniel Hackett to Denver, which is, um, it is Caden Cunningham light, right? Do I think Nathaniel Hackett is a really well-respected dude? Yes. But what's more important is he's really well-respected by Aaron Rodgers, and everyone knows the Denver Broncos would move mountains to get Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, there's precedent there with them being a landing spot for a future Hall of Famer at the end of his career with what they did with Peyton Manning. That They, they couldn't be any more transparent if they wanted to be. Couldn't be any more. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Do I think it lands them, Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. But it makes it more, much more likely because the thing that these guys don't want is the unknown. They don't want what Brady even had the first half of last year where two different quarterback languages, two, two different visions. If you're Aaron Rodgers and you're looking to get out of town, that becomes destination number one. The Rams, Rams don't, don't need you, don't want you. The Niners don't need you, don't want you. The Chargers don't need it, don't want you. Hey, the Raiders would love to have you, but they don't have the team set in place, and they don't have your former quarterback coach as their head coach the way that Denver does. You can tell me all you want about how great a mind Nathaniel Hackett is. He is. And about how it makes sense for Denver to go from defense last year to offense this year. Vic Fangio was their head coach last year. It does. And he's part of a brain trust which has helped dominate the NFC the past couple years in the regular season. But that move is done really for one, one, one reason. One reason only. Aaron freaking Rodgers. Not that they fired Fangio for a reason, but if Daniel Hackett gets, uh, gets a, you should hire this guy from the, the best quarterback potentially, not necessarily out in the open market because he still has a year left in his deal. Can't get any better than that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Marshall Fox, our guest, Hall of Fame running back, member of the Rams Super Bowl champion, championship team in 1999, the greatest show on turf. And he's joining us on, the, on behalf of Bet Online. I get that you catch the ball out of the backfield, but when, when you're watching that Bills-Chiefs game, as a guy who played mm-hmm. on one of the most ridiculous offenses the world has ever seen, what comes to your mind when you're watching? Oh, man, I was thrilled. I, I was just like, I was, in, I was on the edge of my feet like everybody else. It was it was it was like a thriller, man. I, I just that that whole weekend, you know, all four games was. Um, I, I think that was the best weekend of football that I. I mean, in a long time, if not my life. I mean, it's 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 crazy, man. That was just awesome to watch the the, the competition and 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 it, it was it was so good that. You felt like you wanted, although the Chiefs wanted, you wanted Josh Allen to win something too. It felt like he deserved to win something too, Doug. <laughs> so where people are questioning, it's a, it's a very, it's a totally valid point. Okay, speaking of the overtime rules, what would you do? I, I leave it as is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Listen, you, you, you had 60 minutes to win. You didn't win. I mean. And then, and then what? Hey, put the number one defense in the NFL out there. So, uh, I mean, but, but it, you, you, you get the ball. You score a touchdown if you win. If you don't score a touchdown, if you kick a field goal, they have an opportunity to either beat you or tie you. I, I think that's fair. Doug, I think it's fair, man. I, I, I would not... I don't want to go. I I can't go a different route with this. I think it's. I think the rules how they have them right now, it's it's fair. I'm telling you emotionally. I'm I'm telling you what you're feeling and what other people are feeling because I feel it too. You feel like Josh Allen should win something for that effort. You just feel like he shouldn't lose. That didn't look like a loser. Well, they should they should have kicked the ball off to Byron Pringle and tackled him, and then the Chiefs only have one play. Like I, I, I'm, I like like that to me is that I'm with you on the over. I've never liked the overtime rules. I would I didn't mind the sudden death element to it, but to me it's the bigger story is Buffalo cannot give up a field goal. It wasn't even a, it's not like a 65 yarder, a 48, 49 yard field goal. Like come on, when when you don't have McCall Hardman back there and you don't have Tyree Kill back there, you kick it off to Pringle, you tackle him, and then all you got to do is play one play. You know, you're I, I the didn't. number one defense in the league, and with that amount of time, you gave up a field goal. Bro, I mean, that's, listen, there's so many ways to look at it, and I don't want to pick. I don't want to look at the bad parts of what happened for Buffalo. I want to say, and I, I'm gonna keep talking about it because the feeling is, you feel like Josh Allen should have won something. That effort was was unbelievable what he did, and then what Mahomes came back to do. It's a a fair point. Do you think that the Bengals can keep up with them this week? Remember, when they they met a couple weeks ago, Bengals having the three points in the second half. Um, What what do you think of this matchup now? It's with the line seven and a half now, so it's uh, a a touchdown and a hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that that little half just changed it. It it just changed it. It was – it was seven all day, and it just went to seven and a half. And listen, if I if I was if I was a betting man, I'd take the Bengals in seven and a half. But the reality is, um, 
it's going to be a little different at home in Kansas City for the Bengals. And I believe Joe Burrow and company, not only do they have to score touchdowns, but they have to use a little bit more Joe Mixon and control the clock. You don't want to get in a shootout with this team. You don't. No, they're they're unbelievable. All right, let's get to the Rams. Um, of course, your your former team or one of your two former teams, and they're taking on yeah. the 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 San Francisco Forty ers Was there anybody who always had your guy's number? Like the Niners have their number. Was there ever a guy who or a team that had your number? Um, I'm gonna say it was probably Tampa Bay. You know, we we had we had epic battles with them. Um, it was just like hard fought games. Uh, our offense. Um, you know, Sapp and company defense with Brooks and Lynch and Barber. It was just like it was. It was perfect. It was made for TV. And 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 as we watch this, you know, I, I keep saying it, man. To go against your your rival, your division rival, the Rams Niners rival has been going on for a long time. Two story franchises, a lot of history there, um, and uh, it's it's real. Like the that, that rivalry, it's real. And for the Rams to get to get to the Super Bowl, to beat your rival to get to the Super Bowl, you wouldn't want to have it any other way. I mean, if you could play them in the Super Bowl, you want to play them in the Super Bowl, but to get to the Super Bowl is the next best thing. And I just I think it's I think it's awesome that, that this opportunity presents itself because people don't understand if the Rams had beat if the Rams had beaten the forty ers Four nines wouldn't be in the playoffs. Right. Now, right. I don't think there's another team that could have went into Green Bay and won, but but San Francisco. So, who knows? To beat a team three times is hard, but it, but let, they got them six times already. So let's see. <laughs> when I say Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Here's what you know. Everybody, I, I, I would, I, I want to say game manager, um, but I'm gonna call him an opportunistic, an, an opportunist, because what the guy did, what he did in that game against Aaron Rodgers, some of the throws I saw him make, he was like, oh, read one, two, oh, come back to three, boom, completion. I was impressed. I, I didn't, I didn't think Jimmy Ball game had that in him. I, I didn't think he had that in him. You know, I, I felt like he was, you know, more Jimmy Lawn Chair than Jimmy Ball Game. He always, he usually has that one throw or two throws in a game where you're like, eee. and if he gets picked off or dramatically changes the effect, he just ha- he has that ability though, right, to have that that yeah. one awful throw. Well, he had three of them in that game, and and I mean, it was like it was there was three balls that. One could have been a pick six, and two should have been picked off, but they just it just didn't happen. And um, he got lucky. Yeah, he got lucky. Marshall Falk, our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's go to the bet online lines. Okay, so you already said now it's moved to seven to hook. You'd like Cincinnati over under fifty four. That seems low considering what just happened with the Bills and what happened when these two teams got together previously. Fifty four over under. Do you have a lean? Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going with the over on this one because I feel like these two teams defensively, there's going to it's going to take them a while to kind of catch up with how these offenses are going to come out. 
Okay. Now let's go to the Rams and the Niners. The Niners are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites. 45-and-a-half is the over-under. Do you have a lean? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going with the Rams. I'm giving up three. Um, and and I, like the, I like the under here. These two defenses will stand up. Like they will, they will show their ugly faces. I, I think that um, Aaron Donald and company understands what's at stake. And, and San Francisco defense, they've been showing up for the last, like I think, month and a half, two months. They've really, really poured it on. Um, this, they, they, they've been, they've been uh, a force to be reckoned with as lately. I, I love what John Lynch has built there and the culture defensively down the middle of that defense. You look at Boza, but that Armstead, oh, oh my God. Monster. He is a beast. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute monster. Then you got Boza coming off the edge. It's, it's crazy. Marshall, can't wait to see you at the Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll be on the golf course at some point okay. during the week as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, you know I am. You know I am. Hey, hey, listen. You know I'm Aztec pride. You know I'm Aztec pride. We're here. They caught that. They caught that L last night, though. They caught that L up in, U- know, up in Utah. I know. I know. I know. Just, we we haven't been playing much, but you, you got to like what you see out there. I do. We just we'll, we'll be around. We'll be I, around. All right. We'll 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 catch up and talk about it in L.A. Thanks so much for joining us. You're the you best. Know, I love it. Love right. it. Thanks, Doug. That's the one only Marshall Falk who robbed of the Heisman Trophy back. You guys remember like how good he was in college? There's a guy who I don't know like. Mike Martz obviously should get a ton of credit because Martz, one of the big focuses of his offense is the biggest mismatch in a football field is the running back versus a linebacker, and that's all they did with Marshall Falk. And it, you know, but Marshall Falk also had the ability to do all that. Where is he in your all-time favorite Ram running back? Because the Rams have had, they had Jerome Bettis, who was a monster. They had Eric Dickerson. Um who else? Am I, I mean, you could you could go Todd Gurley if you'd like. Last time they went to the Super Bowl, John Ramos. Where is Marshall Falk? He's your up there. Favorite? What do you mean he's up there? Is he your favorite? Like, who's your favorite Ram running back of all time? Mr. Eric Ram. Dickerson is my favorite Ram. More so than Marshall Falk because he wasn't an LA Ram. Uh maybe that's a little bit of it. But he's. I would say he's right number two. I'll put him at number two. Okay. Yeah. Is that good enough? Number two, then not number one. You can do whatever you want. Well, yeah, like, again, I just did. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Is it good enough? Like you don't have to rank him number two if you like Jerome. People forget how good Jerome Bettis was, he was with the Rams. With the Rams, he was very good. Yeah, he's a monster. He's incredible. I wonder, was he the bus though when he was with the Rams? I don't know. Remember if they if, if they called him the bus though when he was with I the Rams? I thought he was always the bus. Okay, he, he may always have been. the bus. Yeah. I mean, do you think uh, they you... also had um, Stephen Jackson? That's People right. Forget. He was very good. Stephen Jackson had about a two or three year run there. Stephen Jackson, like in terms of physical specimen, like that guy walked into room and every like bodybuilders are like, damn man, yeah, that guy's making me look bad. He was unbelievable. He just didn't have the longevity, and he wasn't as shifty in the hips. Right. But they've had a lot of good running backs. A lot. Well, I hope Cam Akers can add to that this Sunday. Just Cam Akers playing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Um, 
Sean Payton had a really, I mean, Dan's a great interviewer, had an interesting interview with Sean Payton, who I can't, I, I, I'm hoping that we get before the Super Bowl, but uh, we always get him for the Super Bowl, and then he and I usually talk for a half hour, but man, that guy wants to go into TV, and he'd be awesome, awesome at it. I did. I thought one of my best tweets has not received a ton of acclaim. Did you guys see where I said, like, uh, Sean Payton first is going to go fix Drew Brees again and then go fix then go fix the Dallas Cowboys? Nobody liked that one. Yeah, Drew, not, not great. Not great. Not great. But it's early, and you can't improve. But everybody thinks they can do it until they put that headset on, and somebody's in there a year. <laughs> so... Um, I want to get to this. Brett Favre has gone from not having a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers to seeming like he was in Aaron Rodgers' camp. Here's Brett on a recent radio hit. The last of Aaron in Green Bay. I don't know that for certain. It's just a gut. You know, he may try his hand somewhere else now. Nowadays, guys play an Olympic career with a team and move on. Obviously, Brady has made it famous. Joe Montana was the first to do it. Peyton Manning's done it. So it's, you know, not uncommon for guys to switch teams after a long, productive career somewhere else. And, and my advice would be if your gut's telling you, well, you know, I want to try my hand somewhere else. It's, it, you know, it's kind of gotten stale here or stagnant or, or you know, numb, whatever the feeling is, then go g- give it a try. I think sometimes it's reinvigorating. It's, it, it, it's very interesting, and I want to have that conversation. Let, let's kind of go through the list, okay? Here's the top 25 all-time passing leaders in NFL history, okay? Tom Brady, two teams. Drew Brees, two teams. Peyton Manning, two teams. Brett Favre, he had the like the Tom Brady, long lengthy career, and then um, three teams. Ben Roethlisberger, one team. Philip Rivers, long standing guy with the Chargers, then finished with the Colts. Dan Marino, one team. Matt Ryan, one team. Eli Manning, one team. Aaron Rodgers, to this point, one team. John Elway, one team, went out as a Super Bowl champion. Matt Stafford, two teams. Warren Moon, several teams. Fran Tarkenton, did he play for a second uh, different team? Carson Palmer, two teams. uh, Three teams, actually. Vinny Testaverde, several teams. Drew Bledsoe, several teams. Dan Fouts, I think only one team. One team, yeah. Fran Tarkenton played for a second team, by the way. Joe Montana, three. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is 20th all-time passing. Two teams. Joe Montana, second team. Johnny Unitas finished with the second team. Dave Craig, Boomer Siason. Donovan McNabb, he got traded in division. So of the top 25 guys, only Dan Fouts, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Dan Marino, and Big Ben played for one team. And you have various levels of results with the second team. Various levels of results with the second team. Um, but I, I think what, how, how Brett Favre is positioning it is a reasonable way. Like, hey, get stale. You just want to try something else. You still love football, but man, you just want to see new faces, maybe get out of that cold, not try the same way to work. All that's great. There's, there's a couple levels to it. One, Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. Okay. He is not a free agent. He is not free to leave. So, secondly, 
Um, and I'd have to check. I mean, obviously, Joe Montana left a Super Bowl team that ended up winning a Super Bowl after he was gone. But a lot of those guys, it had gotten stagnant at the end, one, because they'd either been replaced, or two, their team just wasn't that good. And they bumped into the ceiling. And that's why they left, try and chase something different. I I think that, that, that this is interesting, though, because Favre didn't leave because he wanted something new. That wouldn't be an accurate portrayal of it. What Favre did this vacillation, do I retire, do I stay, do I retire, do I stay, for three consecutive years. And then ultimately, he wanted to come back after he'd said he was done, and they were like, yeah, we're good. We got Aaron Rodgers. He's better. That's how it really happened. So Favre can sit here and look back and go like, you know, I just wanted something new. Like, that's not even close to the case. But if that was what Aaron Rodgers said, or if that's somebody's actual thinking, like, I can respect that. I can understand that. That's not what's ever been expressed, though. It's an unhappiness with the organization, with the way they do business, not being brought into these discussions. And, and, and again, like, he's not wrong in terms of the overall level of talent at the skill positions, and their offensive line wasn't particularly good this year. So I think people would get uh, reasonable frustrations and the idea of things being stagnant, but that's not what was sold to us. Bayer, do you think that Brett Favre privately knows, and this is, this is like a toe in the water to see what people's reaction would be? No, I don't think he does know. I think he knows the scenario that Aaron Rodgers may be in. But I also think that Brett Favre didn't understand the refreshing of the rebirth until he actually did it. Where, you know, maybe it was a different feel with the Jets and it was a different feel with the Dolphins, or excuse me, with the Vikings. But I I don't think that, because I don't know if Aaron Rodgers really knows on what's going on, but I think that I think that Favre understands on what that feels like to be somewhere new and can talk about it. True, but I just don't think the way that Favre handled you know the retirement talks is you know you've highlighted and throughout his career that it was never about going somewhere new. It was just do I want to play or not? And then when you do go somewhere else, you're like, oh wow, this is this is different. Sometimes it's you know good different, and sometimes it's bad different. But it seems like Favre. Uh, didn't mind the refresh and took something from it. And that's where I think that where he is coming from. But I don't think he really has any ideas. And I don't think Green Bay is going to be in a full rebuild ever, uh, if Aaron Rodgers stays. I know there's going to be decisions they have to make, but I think their rebuild happens if Aaron Rodgers isn't there and then they right. have decisions to make. You know, their, their defense actually, and it's – you know, to play that entire season without Zadarius Smith, or most of the season without Zadarius Smith, like, like their secondary's very good. They got good production across the line from, you know, Sean Gary was good. Um, they may be more of a defensive team if Rodgers ends up leaving, but of a true rebuild, if Rodgers is there, they're still a still a playoff team. Well, that 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 that's a lot like the Patriots thing, right? Where they're like, well, look at the look Brady won. He went to well, he went to a team that had been bad for 20 years and loaded up on talent needed a quarterback. Yeah. And when he left, the Patriots like, I don't have Brady. Like, let's kind of shut it down for a year. We got a bunch of opt-outs. Let's just get through this year and get to the next year. And then they spent a bunch of money trying to get it back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you're right. It's like, would it be a rebuild? Like, well, not if you stay. We're not, gonna, we're not dumb enough to do that. But if you leave, 
we're not going to be good right away, so yeah, let's rebuild. Sure. Yeah, yeah. there are going to be decisions that they make that he may not like, and that may be, you know, Devontae Adams, which he's spoken about. But it's it's not like they're I, – I don't think that they would fall off the, the face of the earth. They may be 9-8. and eight. You know, that, that may be what it is. But, you know, when we're talking like rebuild – now we're talking four and thirteen and five and twelve, and I just if if Rogers is there, I just don't think that that's happening, especially with their running game and the pieces that they have on defense. Um, yeah, I I just think that uh, that Aaron Rodgers, it would be much more in line with his personality, the idea of staying. I mean, I mean, it's the idea of leaving and exploring and trying something different. But again, that isn't what so far has been talked about in terms of his reason for trying to leave, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think there's something refreshing about going somewhere new. Yeah. Totally get that. Totally. And from his comments, it sounded like there was a much better relationship over the last six months that he's had with the front office as opposed to prior to that i thought that that he felt that you know they listened i mean they brought in randall cobb i think he even mentioned brian gutekunst by name and saying that there were conversations there and i believe it was in that pat mcafee interview i don't think it was in the you know in the presser but yeah i i think that it it did change because i i thought that the whole deal was he wasn't happy there wasn't happy with the front office and told teams to come and get him in the 2020 season and now it's just a more of a matter of do you want to be there or not? Is it about a rebuild? Is it about a, a fresh start? Which that makes me wonder why he kind of put the team through what he did last offseason. But that's just cynical me. I No, I think you're, you've actually kind of nailed it, right? Like, Aaron's not happy, not enjoying himself. It's not fun. And I, I'm think all of those are legit reasons or beefs, whatever, and... My guess would be he goes. He wants to go somewhere else to see if it's just Green Bay, just those guys, just that environment, just that team, or if it's, hey, I don't even actually like football anymore. Sure. Yeah, could be the case. I sometimes just don't understand. I don't want to say understand the message, but sometimes it's a little different from previous. And so if he does want to explore somewhere else, I thought that the message would be consistent and – he brought up Devontae Adams and the franchise tag in that interview earlier this week. And, I mean, if the Packers were to do it, that would obviously keep Rodgers more inclined to stay in Green Bay. But if that's not what he's really after, then why are you bringing Devontae Adams and the franchise tag into it? Yes, Jason Stewart. Didn't Devontae Adams say before the show that he's not going to be a franchise guy, that he um, he wants a long-term deal? And I think he, the language was pretty like uh, pretty pointed, right? It was kind of like I'm going to take care of myself after this. I'd, so when Aaron earlier this week said that about the franchise tag, I'm like that's kind of strange. He's basically given the Packers like a path for him to be happy when he returns or return to football. And I'm thinking th- this has nothing to do with what he could do, right? A- am I misreading this? Didn't Devontae want like a major deal at the after expense this? of Devontae Adams? Right, doing it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was at the expense of Devontae Adams. I think what he was saying is, don't get Devontae's deal. If you want me back, get Devontae's deal done, you know, and then we'll talk. That's what it felt like to me. Now, the problem with it is Devontae's deal could be done, 
but we'd have to rework your deal as well. I think Aaron wants a new contract as well. I don't think there's any like, you know, I think he wants a new contract. So, hmm. Interesting. I, I, I think that Favre, I think you're getting all of these different smattering of reasons. And I think at the end of the day, none of them are really the reason. The reason is he's just not happy. And we're, you're trying to make a guy who's not happy happy is very difficult. Very difficult. Um, and if they if they try and do it with Devontae, they're going to have to do it by you know, going through and getting other guys to restructure. And one of those guys that have to get to restructure would likely be Aaron Rodgers. So that whole part of it is fascinating. Do I think Favre knows? No. I think what he's doing is he's speaking through himself. And just as Dan Byer said, like, he didn't leave for all of those reasons. But those do become kind of reasons for most people. And maybe it's the reasons that Aaron Rodgers is, is, is seeking to go somewhere else. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. We're going to have Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins upcoming at half past the hour. You know, I was watching this video Ben Roethlisberger released on uh, social media. This is what it sounded like, Big Ben cleaning out his locker in Pittsburgh. I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. A boy from Finley, Ohio with NFL dreams, developed in Oxford at Miami University, blessed with the honor of 18 seasons as a Pittsburgh Steeler and a place to call home. The journey has been exhilarating, defined by relationships and fueled by a spirit of competition. Yet the time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and children. I retire from football, a truly grateful man. Um, and, and look, Big Ben was a great player. Did he hang on too long? Yeah. Was there always some drama around Big Ben with, uh, I'm just so banged up. I'll find a way to play. Yes. Uh, he was a victim of his own success in terms of holding on to the ball. You hold on to the ball to try and make a play. You're going to one, take a beating two take more sacks and three, you try and play hero ball. And sometimes those, those moments, um, uh, aren't, uh, Aren't, aren't good enough, okay? But I, I I saw him clean out his locker. Have you guys ever done that? Not necessarily clean out your locker, but clean out a desk, a cubicle, um, somewhere you've been for a long time. And I know that in football, I'm guessing, Big Ben, probably every year you go through and clean out your stuff, but where it's like all clean, you got to get it all clean. Jay Stu, you've ever done that? You've, you've, you've had a couple different gigs uh yeah yeah when i walked away from uh from the big one i uh i cleaned out the locker and yeah there there's some sentimentality to it right or is that the word it's, yeah. it's pretty sentimental yeah yeah no doubt yeah okay so yeah the big one is you work for jim rome for how long uh 14 years 14 yeah. years and did you actually have a locker no i had a nice office <laughs> no locker okay. per se no so you had an office Nice office. That needs to be emphasized. Real nice office. <laughs> why is that? Why does that need to be emphasized? Because you don't have an office now. Um, no, I, I mean I, I don't need an office now. You know, we're we're all mobile, working from yeah, home and whatnot. Totally. Okay, so 
So did you know, was it like in the middle of a negotiation you cleared it out? Or was it like, it's done, I'm leaving, I got to pack up all my stuff and uh, and go? It was time. It had been long enough, and uh, I wanted to see what else was out there. And um, it was very cordial and, uh, again, very emotional. And Jim was nice enough, literally, to devote the my entire last day to me, three hours of Jason Stewart. I'll never forget that. That's a little too much. I don't know if yeah, that's we're not doing a that. listener. Just, just you know, when you leave here, we won't even mention it. Oh, ah. dang. I expect that stuff now. That's the problem. Yeah. So my what ended up being my last day at ESPN, and I had been there nine years, 10 years total, nine years on campus, um, and I was in the middle of the negotiation, and the, the flaw with how ESPN, and, and frankly, most people do business, is six months before your contract is up. They basically have, you know, they have a meeting like every month and they go around the room and they do like that. I, I don't know this for a fact. I've, this is all secondhand knowledge, but they basically do like the Roman Coliseum, thumb up or thumb down if we want the, the, the person back. Now I did get the thumb up. So they'll come and tell you like, hey man, we just have a meeting. We want to re-up you. You're like, great. But that's that, that doesn't mean you're staying because... <laughs> what they're going to do is offer you basically the same deal or some very incremental increase. Now you have a window once they make you an offer to go out and seek another offer. That's how it works. Um, so fast forward probably two or three months later, and it wasn't until I had received a substantial offer from at least one other party that then ESPN was like, no, you know what? We'll match that offer financially. And so I thought I was, I was going to stay. Um, and I told friends I was staying, but I asked, you know, I was like, well, you know, look, there's like five things that I really want to do and have and not, not huge things. Like, what do you think? And of them, all five are like, no. <laughs> so then I thought about the new opportunities. I end up, really leaning towards taking a job at CBS because I wanted to do the final four. That was really what it came down to. Uh, I got to move to California. My, you know, one of my issues then was that my show was on like now in the afternoon, only I was in Connecticut. And so there was the thought like, look, I'm going to work four to seven, 200 to 220 days a year. Plus, I do college basketball. Many of those times starts at seven and then it's every Saturday for five months, some Sundays, as well as travel. Like those five months of the year, I will literally never see my children in the afternoon or evening and on most weekends. And the CBS opportunity was, hey, you'll you'll work till three doing the radio show and then you'll have a TV show that starts at nine. You got like a three, four hour window. You'll see them every day. And yeah, we do college basketball, but, um, you, you know, it's on the weekends and it's in New York or to a big game and you're home that night. So anyway, I had not yet decided that I was going to leave. I was, I was leaning that way, but I had not yet decided. And I was going on vacation with my family and going to meet my, my all of my my brother and sister and uh, my mother and father in Lake Tahoe, and then we we're going to go to Southern California. And honestly, we we're going to house hunt a little bit. Uh, 
right? We were just planning to see what's out there. But we were going like family vacation. But I knew I wouldn't be back for two weeks. And I also knew that what has tendency to happen in negotiations is at some point, if you decide you're going to leave, they don't say, hey, come back, clean out your stuff, say goodbye to everybody. They basically have somebody go to your desk or your cubicle, put it in a box and send it to you in the mail. I thought that was really impersonal. So I spent that night um, in, I think it was July or late June, it was July of 2012 on a Friday. I got done at seven. I go up to my cubicle and for the next couple of hours, I loaded up a couple of boxes, took all my stuff out of a cubicle, which I'm a bit of a pack rat. There's all kinds of stuff in there. And it was really, it was cathartic, but really, really hard. And I remember driving away from the building going like, this could be my last time driving in here. I've been here every day, it seems like, for the last nine years. It's a huge part of my life. And, you know, like you're driving home, there's all these emotions to it. And honestly, I had not yet decided to leave. I get a call. I'll I'll leave this woman's name out of it because I do like her. But she was so defensive about me cleaning out my stuff. I was like, she's like, well, you're just making a show of it. It's like, no, it's cleaning out because if I decide to leave, somebody else is going to clean it out. And I don't want anybody else. I'm like Francis from uh, Stripes. I don't want anybody, any of you guys touching my stuff, right? And it was at that moment, she's like, well, it sounds like you're gone. Well, I guess I must be gone. If that's the way you want to look at it, if that's the way you want to take it, then I must be gone. So Big Ben cleaning out his locker, you're cleaning out a cubicle, cleaning out an office. It is a, it's a really emotional thing because you pick something up and all of a sudden you get the memories, you know, flooded. Oh, I remember when I, this press pass, I remember what it's for. I remember this show. Oh, here's a rundown from, God, I was completely out of it. Huh. I answered the wrong question there. It's a big thing for Big Ben. I'm, I'm actually very sympathetic towards that and uh, empathetic towards it. Let's get you to Dan Byer, who is not cleaning out his locker. DB, what do you got? Just a quick question for Jason Stewart uh, when he uh, left his office, and maybe for you, Doug. Where did you guys have the camera crew as you took your nameplate off of your uh, office? Because Ben's was right behind him in the locker room. Just was right there. Yeah, that, just slowly I, walked I, away. I understand and agree with what you're getting to. It's <laughs> like there are some moments in which you don't really want a camera crew there. 